I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Sandspence Radio, Australia's most procedurally generated podcast network. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish. I'm George Demarellis. This is a show where we talk about what's your story and what does it say about you. On the show with me today, we have Peter Jones, the internationally touring comedian and writer for The Weekly and The Project. How you doing, Pete? Good. How are you, George? You know, I'm all right. Thank you. I, I've talked to you about how I call you Georgie Boy sometimes, right? I did that in Edinburgh a few times and you hated it, right? No. <laughs> what, what, what would I have against being called George? Actually, you know. It de- I guess it depends how you say it. If it's just you saying it, I think I can handle it. Okay, all right, yeah. Because yeah. I just remember, like, we, we, were, we spent some time in Edinburgh at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and I remember the first year I was over there, I just, it was so exciting seeing you every single time. I don't, we, didn't, we don't hang out here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but whenever I'd see you over there, I'm like, Georgie boy, here he is. <laughs> just exciting seeing somebody from home, you know? Oh, mate. And also being in Edinburgh and that magical place. It's a magic world. It's just the best. It's a castle. How good, and how good is it when new people come and you get to – See their joy at seeing the festival for you the see first their time. Faces, then you're like, I know, yeah. <laughs> I know. It doesn't exist anywhere else. <laughs> Just here. Yeah, it's not like the Adelaide Fringe. <laughs> no. no, you see their faces in Adelaide, and you're like, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, it's the same words, different tone. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, yeah. So, I, as you can tell, I've known Pete for a long time. I'm um, getting him on the show now. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Well, let's start off with the book. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yes, the book is Then We Came to the End by Joshua Ferris. And uh, it is a book about an office. So, have you ever seen the movie Office Space? Yes. So, it's a bit, it's got a bit of an office space vibe to it in that uh, it is about these people in this office and that's it. <laughs> You're up to date. <laughs> okay. That, uh... Uh, but the, what, I, what I find interesting about the book is that it's told, I believe it's second person. So it's told from the point of view of the office. So it's we and us and we heard this about, like it's the collective office is the main character. As in like the, the building? As in the people, as in all of them. So everybody who works there, it's not anybody in particular who's telling the story. It's we heard about Carol. It's hard to describe, but it's like we'd heard on that Joe had been doing stuff on the weekend and like we'd, we'd learned about this and we all accepted this as the truth. Or like we, you know, it's and it's that feeling like it isn't told from any, there's no one character who's saying it. Yeah. It's them as the office. Have you ever worked in an office, George? Yes. 
you know, when you work in an office and you, it has that vibe of like an actual, it feels like how you talk in the actual office. Like, oh, did you hear about, did you hear about Steven? That guy's a freaking lunatic. You know, when you're sitting around, the, like you like yeah, yeah. go to the break room, you're like, oh my, did you hear about this? We heard about this. And so it's, it's an interesting way to tell a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all like, yeah, do you like, yeah, but it's it's personal, but like, yeah, that's that's funny. And it's funny you're saying that because, like, I think I can say this with no qualms. Um, you're a bit of a gossip yourself, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love gossip. <laughs> you're always so on top of everything like that, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Does anything juicy flying around? You're like, tell me everything. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I love to hear it. I love hearing gossip. I love getting goss. If someone's got goss and they're going to tell me goss, I mean, I'm not going to spill all the beans. I wasn't asking you to, <laughs> but I I do love to, I do love to receive gossip. I wonder what that is. I wonder where that's from. What? You, okay, we can go, we can go into that <laughs> if you want. Did you? Uh, <laughs> let's unpack it. Is that what this show is? Did you? Well, it can be. Um, did you always like gossip? I uh, I don't know where it's developed. I think I don't know because I don't think I did at school. I don't think I was ever on top of gossip. Oh, really? Yeah, no, never. So do you? Okay, let's let's go. You know, let's try this. Do you, do you now? At least where you are now, do you kind of feel like almost upset if people know stuff that you don't know? Does that feel like? I think you can be honest. It's like fuck. It's like yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a. I want. I need to know everything. Like as in yeah. If you of- if you if I know that someone. I'm like, oh, you go like if somebody. It feels like somebody knows something that that I'm not across. There is a little bit of feeling left out by it. You know? Okay, You're like, oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't know about that. You know, there's a little feeling of left being left. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. That's interesting. And and you didn't feel that in school, though. You're saying no. I definitely felt left out in school, but I didn't. I wasn't. A, I wasn't across gossip in that kind of way. So this is me guessing. <laughs> but do you feel like maybe in school you didn't have this feeling of being in the community as much as you do now in the comedy world? Yeah, definitely. So in that sense, missing something in school wasn't an issue because it didn't reflect. You weren't, you weren't in a position to even be worried about your position. But now you're like, ah, oh, I know everyone, so I should know this stuff. So now that I don't. Yeah, I don't think I'll – yeah, I, I, I feel like at school I was never really in a position where it's like, oh, you – yeah, why didn't I? Because I wasn't really like there wasn't like a large circle of friends that I had. I only had to keep track of like four people <laughs> and what they were up to. <laughs> but now, have you just called to keep track of four? People? Yeah, you know, you just got like who are my friends? You know, you just got to keep track of them. Um, <laughs> you don't really <laughs> in their lives. You know what's going on. But then when you find something out, I think that hap- it definitely happens once you start working. In like uh, organizations and in offices, which I've worked at plenty of time, which is why I love and relate to this book. Um, that feeling of like uh, I don't know what it is because it's not it's not currency, but it's feeling like you're in the. It is feeling like you're in the know. It feels like you're a part of it. When you're like, oh, I, yeah, I knew about that. You know, when someone tells a story, you're like, yeah, I'd heard about that. <laughs> my sources have my sources have come through with that piece of information. I was across that, and then you find it out. You're like, oh, really? That happened with my boss interesting <laughs> that's great information to get across yeah yeah i do i do get something you know, when you hear something you're like oh yeah i heard about that last week yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, uh, yeah i think i uh yeah i know about that one yeah Don't worry, okay. the... keep lift your game buddy. yeah yeah you gotta tell me something a little bit more interesting than this what else you got <laughs> you know what else you got give me something else 
Yeah, but maybe it is a case of like feeling. Yeah, it's that feeling of like, yeah, I'm a part of it. You know, whatever it is, I'm part of it. I'm included. I'm across it. Yeah, yeah. Which is like I'm an insider. Maybe that's what it is, rather than feeling like an outsider. Feeling like an insider. Exactly, because yeah. maybe when you were younger, there wasn't as much a chance to feel that inside of. Yeah, definitely. I reckon that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at that. Okay. We're having breakthroughs. <laughs> breakthroughs already. This is, is really. This, is this this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Therapy with George. <laughs> it can sometimes feel like that. Yeah, no, no one's cried yet, but okay, one day. <laughs> um, no, no, because it's all right. Like that's part of you know growing up and stuff. Especially, I think comedians can sometimes have that the yeah. case from high school versus like now. They can often feel like the communities. Yeah, yeah, they feel a bit, bit more involved. Get to be one of the big dogs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the arbiters of truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I know everything now, you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a truth teller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's it. Yeah. I mean, so what? Growing up, like, did, you didn't grow up here, did you? In Melbourne? Yeah. No, I grew up in Sydney. Right. Where in Sydney? Uh, Western Sydney, uh, Quakers Hill. How, how not city is that? Uh, it would take me, I went, when I went to TAFE, when I was 19, I went to TAFE in Petersham, which is uh, toward the city, and it would take me about an hour and a half on two trains. To oh, so that's, <laughs> that's not really Sydney anymore. <laughs> no, it technically still is. Really? But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's worse than Sydney. It is Sydney. It's a suburb. Uh, Quaker still is a suburb of Blacktown, which is a suburb of Sydney, and I mean, technically, yeah, yeah it's Sydney. Uh, it's nonstop traffic all the way to the city, but it's it's. Uh, it's not the city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so, not the Sydney people will have been to. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, nobody chooses to go that far west. <laughs> they <laughs> just happen to be out there. You get just, born out there yeah. and you live out there. <laughs> like that's yeah. it. Nobody choose. Nobody goes that far out. But I don't think why you would never go. Like, is it rough? Uh, Quakers Hill wasn't super rough, but it's there's rough areas around there. There's like Mount Druitt, which people refer to as Mount Druitt. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually know Western. Least, <laughs> pretty good. At least imaginative name. And some people would call Quakers Hill Quakers Hole. So that's pretty good. But I didn't realize Western Sydney was bad until I started going to TAFE. And then everybody at TAFE, which was like inner city, and everybody else was inner city. There was a couple of us out from out west who would make fun of us from being from out west. I'm like, I didn't even know. I didn't even really know that it was like, oh, this is bad where I live. <laughs> And people don't like this place. Oh, okay. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't well, realize. 19. Yeah, I reckon. I guess I didn't really go anywhere. I didn't really go into the city. So you just hung out. You were just in Quakers Hill. Just in Quakers Hill. Just being like, mate, we've made it. <laughs> I mean, it was paradise. It's, it's a nice enough place. It's the, it's just the suburbs, you know. Like, the is deep. it just suburbs or is it like farmy sort of country ish? Uh, it was farmy when mum um, and dad first bought their property, and it was farmy when I was younger. But probably when I was like fourteen, really onwards, it became like suburbs. Just like another just suburb, suburbs. Yeah. yeah. That's there was like a there was a big chook farm near us for a long time, <laughs> right up until probably when I it's probably only recently left actually, or probably up until when I moved away when I was like twenty two, all right, twenty one, twenty two, yeah. But yeah, it's like deep suburbs now. It's now, now it would be hugely deep suburbs. Now it's deep suburbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So, but then you moved to the city, never looked back. Uh yeah, moved to Ballarat in Victoria. Okay, so. You- <laughs> <laughs> I moved to the country. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're actually trying to stay in the country, if anything. Yeah, well, yeah, it was because, yeah, the thing with like the, have you lived deep suburbs? No. It's because there's nothing there, really. There's re- like, like there's houses and they're nice enough and there's nice enough parks and stuff. But 
Like to go, especially once you turn 18, going out to like a pub is you've got two choices of pubs you can go to and they're a 30-minute drive away, you know. It's like it, and so that little. Yeah, and they're just like, but they're enormous pubs. They're like Castle Hill Tavern was one of those, you know, those super pubs where it's like it's got a TAB and a pool room and a disco and a gar- like the big barbecue area and the outdoors area and like the bit where the guy with the acoustic guitar is and another part and an inside dance and just like all these different super pubs. So there's like a couple of super pubs out there. They are, so you can't do, once I moved to Ballarat, there's like 20 pubs in the city there. So you can go to one and get bored and walk to the next one yeah. and walk to the next one. You could go to six or seven in a night. But in, yeah, in Quakers Hill in the West, you pick one and you're there for the entire night. Right. And that's where everybody is. And it's all ages as well, isn't it? All ages. Like just every- everybody. You go from 18 to, yeah, middle age. Everybody's going, like your work functions, they're all in the same giant pubs. That's It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> I really want to romanticize it, like as if maybe it's got a nice... No, it's fine, awful. But... Like it's like it's fine, but it's like I don't hate Western Sydney. Like I love Western Sydney because it's where I grew up. Mm. But it's no good. Like it's not the best. It's a bad way to do it. Like it's a bad way. It's better to have 15 pubs that you can go to because they've got personalities. These giant ones don't have any personalities. Yeah, it's just like it's like a hotel like yeah. sort of thing. You've got to go to the mean fiddler and... <laughs> It's the name of the pub. <laughs> you got to go to the fiddler. The mean fiddler. <laughs> the mean fiddler. You know, like a fiddle. He's not like fondling you or anything. In, uh, <laughs> so that's a name that aged and they just stayed strong with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're stuck with it. The mean fiddler, which yeah, again, what a super. it was like an Irish pub, but it again had like a barn and a pokey's room and just like a huge dance floor and big long. They're just, they're just disgusting. They're not disgusting. They're just... You would never want to. You would never want to go out there. <laughs> You'd never choose to be like, "This is my night out. It is the weekend, and this is where I've chosen to go." Time for the mean fiddler, boys. Yeah, let's hit the fiddler. <laughs> let's have some pre-drinks and then hit the fiddler. That was that was always the combo, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to have pre-drinks until, yeah, until a certain point where you're like, "All right, now we've we've done it. Let's go. Let's hit. It's midnight. <laughs> let's hit the." Oh, so it was open till late at least. It was, I think it was open late. Oh, no, midnight, that's the Ballarat. That's the Ballarat move. When you're in Ballarat, you have pre-drinks until midnight and then you go out. Okay, Ballarat. Wow. Yeah. Representing, that's actually that's that's later than I would have thought. Yeah, 11 or midnight, you'd, you wouldn't, you'd have your pre's. Because <laughs> it's cheaper, you know? Like you buy a six-pack, it's cheaper. It's cheaper to get drunk at home and then go out, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not buying full pints, all right? I'm going to be blind by the time I get out. Such a dumb... Planned it. Oh yeah! <laughs> every just, time, everybody. Every time, yeah, yeah. It's especially those earlier. I used to get so drunk. Yeah, I used to. I used to be the master of like the uh, the 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 calculated chuck. What's it called? The uh, oh yeah, the um, the power. I think the power chuck is that what it was called. <laughs> no, what is it? a tactical tactical spew? Tactical spew. I think there's like yeah. That's I used to love that. I'd do yeah. it intentionally. I'd be out. And I'm like guys. I'll be back. <laughs> just go fingers down the throat and actually force it just to be like all right. Let's We're go. Back on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Which, looking back now, seems like a problematic. <laughs> yeah, it's. I reckon just don't drink as much. 
I said, it's so easy for you to say. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you always this age? Like, yeah, I think pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You're always responsible. No. Like, guys, <laughs> don't drink as much, right? <laughs> How about that for an idea, guys? Why don't we just not all drink as much? Yeah. Guys, stop swearing, all right? We're in public. <laughs> Yeah. All right, okay. So that was your. So Ballarat actually was kind of like a big move then to go from. Uh, yeah, it was definitely Hill. Yeah, yeah. Like, as in it's. Because at least it's like all packed in a little bit. It's not spread out yeah, as much. Yeah. And I started working at my first office in Ballarat, which was IBM. Oh. I worked at IBM. It was like 300 people there, 300, 600 people working this big call center. Um, and. But there was a lot of – it was also a uni town, so there was a lot of uni students working there. So I never went to uni. I went to uh, – that was like that experience for me because I'm like I'm hanging out with everybody who's at uni. Everybody's like, you know, 21, like, you know, they've graduated high school, they're in uni, they're all that age and we're all we're doing is going out to these – the pubs in the city wandering around getting drunk. Like that was what the oh, that's, experience that's, was. That's great then. Yeah. So you get to totally have that experience. Yeah, totally. So that was because everybody who hated Ballarat was grew up in Ballarat, mm. but I didn't. <laughs> I had a different place that I hated <laughs> by that point. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is sick. This yeah. is what I want. Yeah, guys, is- you got to see Quakers Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> the mean fiddler, mate. It is grim. <laughs> you got to go. I remember friends of mine came up from Ballarat to Quakers Hill and I was, and yeah, it was, and I'm like, it's not until you have to show somebody around where you live that you realize there is nothing there. I remember taking him around. I'm like, we're going to go to the Mean Fiddler. We went to the Mean Fiddler and I'm like, yeah, we just drink here for a bit and that's, there's nothing to do. That's there's, it. There's nothing. There's no, there's not a museum. You can't take them to a museum in this western suburb. <laughs> do you usually take people, do you be taking people to I mean, that's an activity. Here? It's an activity. It's yeah, it's true. The gallery is an activity. It is. Have you taken anyone there who's visited? No, nobody visits anymore. <laughs> oh, that just sounded grim. <laughs> nobody comes around here. No, anymore. no. No, that's it. Times have changed now. Mm. It's dangerous. But okay. So, well, okay. So, going back to the office thing, the gossip stuff and all that. Actually, yes. the office environment in general. So, yes. you you dig it a little bit. You don't mind the office. No, I hate it. Oh, really? I hate the office. Uh, no matter which... Because I'm guessing you've been through a few offices at this point. Yes, and you've just blanket, just hate the system of it, or uh, the peep. There are good. There are pe- obviously people that you like that you work with, but that is the only positive of the office. The office is awful. <laughs> I hate the office. <laughs> okay, well, like, is which part? I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what do you mean? Uh, the just the whole. That's just the whole culture of it. Is is and what's interesting about this book is the book kind of there's a bit in it where because the book is just about them. There's there starts being layoffs at this company and then there's rumors about layoffs and all this sort of stuff. But there's a part of it where they talk about um, the office chairs where they they can't the company starts keeping track of the serial numbers on the office chairs so they know who's got which office chairing. So because somebody claims somebody stole their office chair and it's that sort of shit. Yeah, where it's like that. Sort of stuff that ends up happening in an office where you, it ends up can consume your brain, worrying about truly meaningless stuff, just like office, you know, like oh, I'm getting in trouble because I didn't use the right, like it's my chair, you know, I want to sit on this chair at this hot desk, you know, this is where I want to sit. getting mad about that sort of stuff is just I is the worst way to spend your life. <laughs> like you feel yourself getting almost, and you even though you don't want to. You start actually getting sucked into that world yourself. Totally, always, always. I um, when I worked at IBM, my friends and I 
we used to watch Office Space. We'd make sure we'd watch it once or twice a year because it was just like this is not important. We don't get stuck sucked into this because you should feel some freedom. You can do whatever. This isn't real. The real world, like the offices, aren't the real world. You can just walk off. <laughs> you can walk out. You don't actually have to stay for like. You don't have to do anything. Like you'll probably end up getting fired eventually. But like, yeah, but that also doesn't matter really. But that feeling of like this isn't it. This isn't the end. This isn't everything. That sort of feeling, and that the that the book has that sort of feeling as well, where it's just like that. It really captures how all-consuming this stupid thing is. <laughs> it, it just feels because because you're there so much, like it just starts feeling like the whole world. It feels like the whole world. It feels really important, yeah, and really infuriating. And I I think that I mean offices vary depending on. You know, the job, same as jobs. It just depends on there's a series of things that will change that change the variables of how much you hate or like a different office. Mm. And some of them are despicable and some of them are like, that was kind of all right, I'd work there again sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, that feel, but it can, especially the worst ones, can feel like you were just, you're in quicksand. Yeah. And um, like you said, you started in a call center. Is that probably one of the worst ones, like a call center sort of environment? Oh, I've or? only really worked in call centers, but various IT and a variety of different call centers. But IBM IBM was all right, but it, you have to leave it. <laughs> it's all right for like when you're there with your mates, but I was there for four years and I was there so long. Like there's a lot of turnover. There was so much turnover at that job because it was all just people, young people and they were going on and getting real jobs after that. And I was there for so long. A friend of mine described me as Noah Wiley on ER. It's just like it is season 12 and you're still here. <laughs> Every, the rest of the cast has changed. <laughs> They're long gone, yeah. And everyone else is gone and you. John Stamos is here now and you're still here. Um, <laughs> Linda Cardellini has shown up and yet you are still here. So it was that sort of feeling and it's like you have to move on from that sort of stuff. You can't. It's just too depressing if it's anything It's too depressing. Else. You just can't stay there because you, yeah, you just end up, it becomes, because it's not, it's not for you. Like it's not for someone, unless you're moving up through like the ranks and you become a manager and move on to another part of the company or move mm. to Melbourne or whatever it is. But if you end up, like I was just on the call center on the floor for like four years and it's like it was fine, I was making money, but it was like, oh, you can't do that. It's not for you. <laughs> it's for these people. It's their first job, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's their, they're doing this as well as uni. It's for them. As well it's as not life. For yeah, 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 yeah. Did you ever have a moment where you're like, oh, because then you like you confuse these people for previous people that were at the job? <laughs> <laughs> there was like definitely that. because I remember when I like first probably two, maybe even first three years, there was like, oh, we're all going out. You know, we're going out. Everyone's going out. We're in that circle. And then once it was the new people, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going out. It's the new people are going out, and now I'm like. It's like, you know, anybody who goes back to their old high school, like a high school party after they've graduated, like, here we are. And like, no, <laughs> this is not for you. You're not supposed to be here. And that's kind of how it felt at that point. Um, yeah, uh, I, it was okay, but it was like just especially like I think one of the other problems is like it becomes the management that you have to deal with who also don't really give a fuck about they're also doing it. Like, even though they're getting to the point of, like, becoming a manager or a team leader or whatever it is, they also don't really care. They're not in it. They don't in it because they believe in 
<laughs> they, you know, yeah, they're yeah. not in it because this is their passion. They're mm. in it because they they're trying to bud, uh, you know build up their resume to get a different job at somewhere else. So it, it's that sort of thing when you're dealing with you know people like that, where you're just kind of like, oh, I I hate you. <laughs> I hate everything about you and you are my boss now. <laughs> really? And people like that as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um just people who are just um just truly pieces of shit. Like <laughs> you like not all of them, but like some of like I'm thinking of three people off the top of my head that I worked with at that job. Not every boss, like I had bosses that were good yeah. and bosses that were, you know, kind people that actually cared about the people who worked for them. But then there were just like truly pieces of shit. Really? Like, as in, do you, could, do you have a story of like? I had one boss who, I um, the problem with like IBM was that you, it was a weird like, weird because there was uni age people. They'd also they were so stupid. They'd put on a lot of work functions. Was like we've put money on the bar. Like they had a ball. They had an IBM ball, which I think they may still do, which was like prom, but for everybody who worked at that call center. So it's like everybody at the call center just got dressed up <laughs> and got blind drunk once a year. Oh, the IBM ball's coming up. Sick. Anyway. I mean, that could be fun. It was great. <laughs> it was so good. Of course it was the best. Yeah. It was the best. It was great. Um, I uh, I kissed a girl that I worked with, right? Yeah. That's... Pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> My Pretty goddamn cool. If one of the senior guys on my team, he was like, uh, I, don't know, I can't remember what his role was, but he was really upset that I'd done that because he really liked that girl. Okay. But he had another girlfriend, but he tried to get me fired. Because, what? Yeah. I had to end up going and speaking to a friend of mine who was a manager on another team. And he's like, all right, don't worry. I'll speak to the highest up. He spoke to his boss and ended up being like, all right, no, don't worry. We'll have You'll have meetings with such and such for... Um, uh, with my manager and we, it won't happen. It didn't end up happening, but it was like I got an email just one afternoon like you're done. You're gone. And we're like I didn't like I hadn't done anything. Yeah. I mean, I was a bad employee, but <laughs> but no worse than most of the employees there. <laughs> yeah. No real hadn't done anything, but it, he was just as a personal sort of like I don't like this guy. I don't like what he like I want him out. I want to get rid of him because I don't like him. And just Purely like, because you'd made out with some girl that he I was... Made out. That's as far as we could work out, me and my mates. Had to be. It had... To, like, I yeah. can't figure out why else. And then having to continue to work for that guy. It's just like, man, this is just insane. And like... All, but that's also... Class, that is classic office drama. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's bullshit. It's horseshit. It's ridiculous. Nobody should ever get to a position where like, I was so upset. I remember I was just like a, a friend of mine. She'd called me, and I remember I just like I got off the phone. I was just crying because I'm like I don't want to get fired. <laughs> this is my only, this is my first job, first proper job I've had. I didn't want to lose that job. This is my only income, and I was just like I don't know what I've like I don't know what I've done. I didn't know what I, like how did was it? and she's like don't worry, we'll talk to our friend who's a manager and we'll we'll sort it out. And I'm like I don't know how this happened, you know. And it's like you're all shattered. Shattered. It's like the, the machine is falling apart in front of you. Like, yeah, and I'm like, I can't get another job. My friends all work. You know, my friends all work there. <laughs> what am I gonna? I'm gonna miss the IBM ball if I don't go back there. And yeah, and I just but but that's the sort of bullshit which it it does like it can do to you. Where it's like it doesn't fucking matter if I lose that job. Really, it's like that's a, that dude's a psycho. It, like, but. 
that sort of thing where it's just like it can consume you in this way where it's just like, yeah, where you kind of need to break break free from it a little bit. Yeah. It sounds like you also don't mind getting deep into it as well. Like yeah. Yourself, so you're like extra involved in it. Like some people could probably cruise in and they don't give a shit because yeah. they're just clocking, that, clocking out. That moment though when that happened, I real like I properly clocked off. Like from then on, I was I was gone. Like I wasn't. I I was like I think I was an okay employee who worked reasonably hard up until that happening when I really was like, oh, this doesn't fucking matter. All right. Yeah, and then I really kind of was like, I became not a bad employee, but like I mean, there was a guy who I worked with at that job who one time uh, the a client called up to speak to him and he was asleep. <laughs> the phone, the calls would drop into your phone and they would just come straight through and you had to take them. So you didn't have to press anything to answer it. They would just drop in. They dropped in and the person could hear snoring and uh, his name was Gibbo. And Gibbo was always asleep. Gibbo was either on the t- betting, he was on the TAB website, on a break or asleep. He fell asleep at his desk. You know, so it doesn't matter how bad I was always conscious. You know, it doesn't matter how bad I was at the job. There was always somebody worse who was always there. <laughs> there were so many people worse. <laughs> I just love the idea of call, like if you called up somewhere and you actually got snoring sounds. Imagine <laughs> this is somebody who works for the Department of Health was calling up. I'm calling the IT help desk. I can't get to these medical records. Let me just. I'm going to call up. Like it goes, it would go one of two ways. Either you'd piss yourself because like it's fucking hilarious, or you'd be like the ultimate insult, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like to just really metaphorically symbolise the entire system against you. You call up the IT help desk and they're asleep, <laughs> they're asleep, snoring in your ear. <laughs> you hang up and call back. They had to call back, and they were like, "I just spoke to someone who was asleep," and they're like, "Gibbo, <laughs> wake up." Ah, Gibbo, <laughs> classic Gibbo, and and you were—they wanted you out. Yes, Gibbo did not. I think Gibbo ended up leaving. Gibbo never got fired. Gibbo was sleeping with the boss, but oh, really? Classic Gibbo. God, this is—you are such a gossip queen. See, <laughs> see what I'm saying? It all started from here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> hilarious. Love it. I love gossip. Yeah, yeah. And the office environment. Okay, so here's, here's one thing I did like about uh, so when I was in the office. I had actually, bit, it was a bit nicer, I think, than what you were going through there. Um, I have been in some okay offices, but they were. Yeah, you have been in some nicer yeah. ones, which are just a bit more professional. Uh, just better people involved. And that's all. It, that's really all it is. Yeah. More caring people who are more decent people. That's all it is. Okay. Really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. What was your office experience? No, because it was so the one that I, like, when I was uh, at the bank, so I was in Sydney. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, were, they were like really big into trying to have a corporate wellness vibe to it, I guess. They always were trying yeah. to push that stuff. <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> the number of, yeah, just ending up in meetings with like they talk about the culture. Like, cult- like I don't think that culture is as difficult to create as they seem to think it is. I don't think, like, it is genuinely, I think it is genuinely people who give a shit about the people who work for them. Is I remember when one boss, one team leader that I had at IBM, the best guy, the best guy. He was the last team leader I had before I left. And he started and he called everybody into an individual meeting just to find out something about them. That was it. 
wasn't anything to do with the job. He just had a meeting, individual meeting with everybody to be like, just like, oh, what video games do you like? Or whatever it was, just to meet everybody. And I'm like, I've been here four years and no one's ever given a shit like this. Yeah. It just changes how you, what you want to do for them. Like you want to work for them. You want to be like, yeah, fuck, of course I work for this guy. Yeah. Of course I give a shit what this person thinks because this person like cares enough to sit down. Like, no one else would have a one-on-one interview with you unless you were in trouble for something. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You were just the faceless masses to them. Yeah. And then <laughs> there was so few, just that something small like that is like, um, you, you know, you give a shit. Yeah. But yeah, so much of that is like, well, we don't understand why you guys aren't good employees. It's like, I reckon I know why. <laughs> I reckon it's because you're a freaking fruitcake. <laughs> I love the fact you said freaking. <laughs> so polite. Uh, classic Pete Jones. <laughs> the other thing about so, so the other thing about that book as well mm-hmm. um, is it's funny, right? Yes, super funny. Yep. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, and actually, it's funny because like I, I did the look up thing uh, when you'd said that book actually slight tangent i yeah. can't believe because you because you've done the, the bookish comedy show with yes. me and you've made jokes about this book yes called, then we came to the end how you wouldn't finish it yes you never came to, i thought you would i never realized it was actually your favorite book well and you <laughs> i don't think i i don't actually think i have a favorite book yeah i but this book is the book i've read the most because as you know i've read it the first half of it three times and the second half of it only on the third time one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the first half of this book, I like love. Like I love. At some point becomes kind of weird and the back half isn't as good as the first half is but i love the first half of this book and because i don't really have a favorite book this is probably the closest i have to that just because i've read it more than i don't think i've ever reread a book before really i don't think i don't no i don't tend to read i don't reread books no i'd rather a new book rather than uh, reread an old one because you're not like a like you read a little bit right yeah, I you got me under reading. Yeah. <laughs> you taught me how to read, George. <laughs> Thank you. <yeah. laughs> I used to, I used to like uh, I'd go through periods of time in my life where I would read heaps. Mm. Uh, early twenties, I read tons, and when I was a kid, I read heaps. Um, and then you know, after I started doing your. Uh, you, is the show coming up? <laughs> um, it might be a bit of a wait. It might be a wait until yeah. the next bookish. Yeah. Um, I uh, I. 
yeah, once I did that um, comedy show for you about books, I it kind of fired me off on this thing where how long has it been now? Was it year three since I last did it? Yeah. I've read every day since. Really? Every day, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so good. I, I, I fucking love books. <laughs> oh, man. It's the best thing ever. Even if it's just like I make sure I read a chapter a day. That's just a part of my day every day. Every day since I started, did your first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it like it, it was just this wonderful reminder that I that I do love reading. It was like because you asked me to do it, I'm like, yeah, I like I like books, right? And then I was like writing jokes for it. I'm like, yeah, actually, I think I really like books. It just got me fired up on this idea of like I'm gonna start reading books again because I had so many books that I just never finished. Mm. And I think that was the joke I did it where I'm like, oh, my favorite thing is to never finish yeah, a book. Yeah. But now I'm like, yeah. So many. Oh, right. Every day. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't didn't realize it was that consistently since then. No, every single day. (laughs) Fuck. This might be the, you might be the most, I've had the most impact on in my entire life. (laughs) You changed my life, George. (laughs) You changed my life. This is amazing. (laughs) Best guest ever. Uh, And yeah, if I, I would never have finished this book because I finished it after I did it. Um, Yeah, because I, this was one of the books that I, uh, when I went on my reading spree, I, I made sure that I finished reading this book. And unfortunately, it was disappointing. But <laughs> but I do I love like I love the first half of this book. Well, so so yeah. Uh, so you're saying the first half. So at, when you say it gets weird, it gets like a bit. At some point in time, it changes from that second person, from being about the office, and there's at least one chapter in there where it becomes about just one person. Right. And the just that tone shift. Has stopped me twice from continuing to read it for whatever reason. Just like, oh, I didn't pick it up again. But it then becomes, it stops being, uh, the first half of the book is a pretty great, this could be every office. This could be your office. This could be any office. A really funny, uh, there's a scene early on where they talk about uh, one character goes to like, it's like a McDonald's nearby where they just sit in the ball pit on their lunch break and it's like, yeah, man, <laughs> I feel that. Like I've not done that and I've not seen anybody do that but I get that that feeling yeah. of like this is my lunch break and I'm just going to go and sit in a ball pit. It's like just I, it's just a beautiful image that always just sticks with me. Yeah. But the second half, uh, once it takes a shift, I mean, I'm happy to spoil it. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're allowed to spoil on this show. The One of the characters who are – I believe is fired early on, comes back with, they don't realise it is, but it is a paintball gun and starts shooting up the office with this paintball gun. And it shifts, and I think in a clown mask, if I remember correctly, and it shifts the tone from being like, this could be every office and this is a great satire of offices to, no, this is this specific and it just changes how I felt about it. That sounds it. like a whole different message almost. Yeah. It changes <laughs> it to being like, oh, we everything was changed after that. It just, it's like, oh, that isn't, it uh, spoke to me less once it did that because it made it about, that rather than, you know, you can be like, oh, I can see myself at that office. I can see myself. It's like, I can't see. That just, it just cha- changes, it just changed the tone of it. Yeah. Because now it's actually about how them reacting to that happening to that and stuff like that. specific thing and, rather yeah. than them talking about layoffs and how they feel in the office and all this sort of thing that could relate that uh also is as important it feels as important but mm. like if, once you have somebody uh a character come in 
and shoot up an office with a paintball gun. It's about that event is the traumatic real event that's happening. But the rest of it just feels traumatic and isn't real. Like like the the somebody stole my chair also is huge within this world and feels so big and like the arguments about that chair or whatever it is feels so big, but it isn't. Does, mm. it, does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Where it's like as soon as you as soon as the the book changes to make it about I th- another character um, gets breast cancer, and these are both real events that are weighty and big, and but it changes the tone of like, like is it still trying to be funny at that point? Yeah, it's still trying to be funny, but you feel like it's kind of not as. I think like, it loses. The, I think the impact that the book had on me, anyway, I, I, it loses that impact because it starts being very being. More, it, it is real things that would really affect any situation. Mm. The if those events happened, uh, if they were cops and that happened to them, or if they were school teachers, or if they were, you know, construction workers, and those events, the breast cancer and the paintball gun incident, that would affect anybody's lives. But these mm. these bullshit office events that are affecting these office workers' lives are just as quote unquote real. But they are meaningless. Whereas these other events have meaning, you know, revenge and the breast cancer thing. They are real events that are really affecting them. And I guess there's, I guess if it shifts, I don't think it handles that shift particularly yeah. well. But I love the first half of the book. Yeah, yeah. Because like I was thinking, like, I, because I, I haven't read that one, but like straight away, one of my things would be, I mean, there's a few directions that could go in my head if when you, as you describe it like that, which one could be like showing those exact same petty arguments. But now in the context of these much bigger things and yes, how they're still yeah. just as petty with yeah. everything else, that could be funny or it could be uh, really dark funny, yeah, like a yeah. really twisted dark way. Yeah. Um, so, But you're saying it just kind of missed the mark a little bit, you felt like. Yeah, I think even if it had been – this is weird, but even if it was a real gun and not a paintball gun, that in itself is like – that would be a different shift as well where it's like, oh, fuck. These yeah. people in this life have been real, but it was a paintball gun in a clown mask, and it was a bit too silly mm. to be like. It was just like, ah, oh, it doesn't really hit the way that you kind of. Okay, yeah. It doesn't pay off in the way that you that I that I wanted it to. But the first half of the book, yeah, yeah. would highly recommend. Okay, so and like and, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I I love it. Yeah, you yeah. know, like it's just when it doesn't. You know, like you, you, there's some movies where I don't have to watch all of it because I get you can just go once you've seen it all. You go, I know where I'm off. Like Die Hard with a Vengeance. As soon as I get into like up until the once the bombs are gone, I don't need to see him on the boat. Like I've yeah, just, yeah. I don't need to see the back half where he's going through the sewers and stuff. It's like I don't need to see when he's on the truck in the yeah the underground bit where he gets sprayed out. I don't need to see any of that part. Yeah, yeah. I can stop once the bombs are gone. Once, he, okay, once yeah. Jeremy Irons appears, <laughs> yeah. like I don't need to see it, you know. Yeah. After that, it's nothing, yeah. I'm trying to think of a Jurassic Park 2 when they go to <laughs> the Tyrannosaurus All Rex Jurassic goes Park to Chicago. Two. I can just watch Jurassic Park 1. I don't need to see it in the Lost World. <laughs> just forget the Lost World completely. Forget the Lost World existed. Yeah. Same with uh, number three. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, so... Straight away, because when you're saying that, right, I'm trying to think immediately. There's a few different connections I'm thinking of in my head. Because mm-hmm. obviously, you're a comedian. Mm-hmm. You like funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, if I was to label your style of comedy, mm-hmm. it is very much not serious in terms yeah. of dealing with 
anything at all in the realm of seriousness. Is that pretty much? Like, uh, yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, not in like a bad way. It was in like you're not trying to make some big political point. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, almost no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's very much lighter, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and you like the first half of the book, yes, when it's like unserious, satirizing. Whatever. Yeah. But then once it gets to the second half where you're saying it's still funny, but now it doesn't feel like it sounds like maybe it's gone in a direction you don't like. Could that direction be I don't know, it's trying to say something and you're like, ugh, like as in this is Yeah. Like is that a potential Yeah, potentially, yeah. That it's trying to say is Yeah, it tries to be a bit bigger than it is, I think. Or it needs to be. It tries to be bigger than it needs to be. A bit too big for big for its boots. Bit for, yeah, just trying to um, maybe not bites off more than it chews, but it's just like you already you already had a full meal, you know, like you already got, you already had it all plated out in front of us, mm. and then you were like, "What about more salt?" And it's like didn't need more salt. You had plenty of salt, <laughs> you know. <laughs> more politics. Just give me more office politics. That's what I want. I this- or uh, f- figure out a way to do this. Say what you want to say within that realm of what you're already doing, mm. rather than having to go uh, too too big, mm. you know. Okay. Yeah, it's because like, yeah, I mean, because you do a lot of writing now, especially, and like I said at the start, you're with the weekly now as well as the project, mm-hmm. which involves doing news stories and then trying to do a light take on it. So you're not afraid of making jokes within the context of these lighter stories. Although both those shows, I feel like you're not going to be, you're not going to, you're not taking the piss out of the event itself ever. No. You're going to, you're just adding like. Unless the event is in itself silly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like yeah. as in something, some dog got lost in a, Park or something. <laughs> That's not really funny. <laughs> uh, stupid lost dog. <laughs> Hope it never gets found. Yeah, I'm sure you've got. Okay, what's an example of a funny dumb story? Uh, if you drink, a uh, study came out saying that uh, the more wine you drink, the quicker you, uh, the better it is for your mental health. Something like that. Really? No, that's not real. <laughs> that's an example of a project story. <laughs> Uh, Don't laugh. I assumed you were giving me a real story. That's what I was asking you. Uh, uh, cats, if they drink whiskey, resp- like dance. Okay, like see, that's, like see, that's much more appropriately, yeah, appropriately silly. Than silly than, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one, it could almost be something. something I mean, better for your mental health if you drink more wine. I mean, maybe. I mean, up to a Can't point. Can't be possible. possible. <laughs> I, I mean, certain, yeah, certain criteria. Yeah, you live people who drink. It'd be like people who drink five glasses of wine a day live longer. It was something like that. Something like that, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, but but cat who, cats who drink whiskey dance, dance more, yeah. Okay, that's, so yeah, that one's an easy one to make fun of. Yeah. But uh, then these other ones, you're still, you're more adding a bit of like sauce to the story to make it more fun. Yes. Like, yeah, it just, yeah, yeah. The jokes in between the actual topic itself. Yeah. Which is, again, different to like being like actually twisting the story itself and be like and like showing a weird side to that I guess which is a different angle together yeah um which I guess I'm just trying to think of how that could relate to you're still not confronting making a point that's different to anything you're still like kind of adding the humor to it yeah I can of. see what you, what point you're trying to get to. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> I can see what connection you're trying to make to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I'm trying here. That's what the show is. It doesn't always hit. All right, I'm just swinging. Um, but no, because like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, you you can handle weighty stories, but only in the context of like you're adding the jokes to whatever. But you don't really have a point. Like, why don't you like to do that on stage? 
just, you why know, don't like, I do like anything to, like not that you should I'm not saying I'm not at all being like oh that's better but like well give me an example of a topic um, like let's <laughs> okay uh, abortion I don't yeah, know why ahead. I went with that, but like, actually, no, let's go. You, you would do? Would you do anything on racism? Uh, no. <laughs> no, okay, I don't right. think so. I it's don't think right. I would. <laughs> Abortion would be the same. Like, I don't. You mean like what? If I had a bit about somebody who's anti-abortion, so somebody comes out as being anti-abortion. Obviously, I support a woman's right to choose. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Um, or you don't. Obviously. No. no. <laughs> Your t-shirt says <laughs> that you're pro-life. <laughs> such a bold thing to sit down at a podcast. <laughs> Your t-shirt has a picture of a, of a fetus with a smiley face and, yeah, you say that you're pro-life. As yeah. we all know, you are, George. Yeah. yeah. It's conception. That's when the soul begins. Yeah. <laughs> Life begins in conception. Um, so I, I think it would be... The reason I would never have a joke about abortion is I don't because it. W- I'm thinking like the target would have to be either I'd have to have been involved in an abortion, given one, or <laughs> had a partner who needed one. Well, look, I hope it's the second one, unless you've got a lot of training. <laughs> or alternatively, I'm taking a pro-abortion stance. My view yeah against somebody who is anti-abortion but i don't i would never do that because i'm like i don't believe that that's a thing here <laughs> in this country that's totally fair enough and like, i feel like that if i was to get up and to start talking about like oh these anti-abortion rallies i'm like i'm talking about maybe like it's not real. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, not real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a real fight that I'm actually that's actually happen, taking place in this country. Yeah, yeah. That I'm like I don't. I also don't feel like I don't know, know if my voice is needed on this issue. <laughs> okay, but the really, same as the racism issue. I don't think that my, I don't think I'd write a joke about it because unless it's a specific in, incident or a specific. I mean, I've tried to do stuff about. Uh, about a weighty topic, but I don't think that I can never really get my head. Uh, I can't get my a handle on it sometimes. Or I'm like, I don't know if I want it. You know, like you, you know, when you try a joke, and you do a joke several times on stage. And at a certain point, you either go, "I'm enjoying this. I want to keep saying this," or even if it's not working, you go like, "I don't know if I ever want to get my hand. I ever want to get my get a handle on this one because I'm like, I'm not really, I'm not feeling it, saying it. I'm not." Like this is an enjoyable set that I'm having having yeah. to get up there and talk about some issue that's maybe going to make some people uncomfortable or me uncomfortable because it's just like ah, it's not hitting and it's not fun, you know. Yeah, I like no. having fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like having fun on stage. <laughs> we really like. I mean, you've had, that's a helpful breakthrough because I'm like because I, I sometimes think like why don't I t- tackle bigger issues or bigger topics. Because, you know, like, if somebody once made fun of me, they're like, yeah, you're going to have a joke about a bread roll that you had. <laughs> you're sarcastic towards or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, what was the, it was a joke somebody made about me at a roast, which was uh, Peter Jones, uh, is, uh, his comedy is like a white bread roll, which is also the exact sort of thing Peter Jones would write comedy about. Pretty, pretty, pretty good, yeah. Pretty, pretty good, good uh, gag. Um, 
but yeah, it is something that I've thought about. Like, why don't I try and? But I'm like, I don't think I think about it. Oh yeah, no, that's. I'm not <laughs> saying like I'm not saying at all that it needs to be done. No, like, no, I, but I, it is an interesting. It is interesting that some people, it, that is all they'd want to talk about. Mm. Like I think, because uh, sometimes I go into that territory a bit. Um, I think it's more like if you if you want to, that's all it is, really, and it's not good or bad either way. Like, yeah. if it's something you feel like you want to, like I veer towards it a bit because I have a tendency to. I like when it's something you're not. That makes people a bit like, isn't that something a bit racy or whatever? Yeah. Like, isn't just that that area intrigues me? It's not that it works most of the time <laughs> when you go to those places. Um, yeah. But I think that's why maybe sometimes I'll give it a go even if I don't – yeah, because it's, it's way more fun to do the silly-like sort of stuff as well. Yeah, and I think that, that the silly sort of stuff is the stuff that I love. That yeah. I, I don't – like a lot of the comedy that I, you know, I, I'm not necessarily – I'm not cracking open a Bill Hicks cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me some truths, Billy boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm – not, that's not – the comedy that I'm into or that I love. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's not the stuff that I'm laughing about, so I'm not drawn to it in the yeah, way so you're that not other drawn people to are. For yeah. sure. Right. So what like do you do you watch much comedy stuff? Do you try yeah, to Yeah, I watch it? a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you I'll watch all all across the gamut, whatever it is, I'll watch it. But the stuff that I'm that I'm drawn to, the stuff that I love isn't I'll watch all of it just because from purely from a research. Well I'm like, you know, I do stand up comedy, why would I I should be across yeah, yeah, yeah. comedy, you know. Oh, right, okay. So, so you, you try to keep up on almost everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah, a lot of stuff. I'm trying to be across everybody. Yeah. yeah. I try, like, I, I generally, um, I try to do, like, one or two specials a week, usually something like that. Yeah. Or an album. Yeah, um, totally. Something, yeah, yeah, just to be on top. Yeah, it's good to, I agree. It's good, like, just to hear what's out there and stuff. Yeah. And Even stuff. if it's not something I'm into, maybe I'll, I'll find somebody that I'm into. Or, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. I'm always trying to, like, sometimes I'll do, like, a top comedy albums of 2015 or something like that yeah, and yeah. just see the list and like work that. through that and just listen yeah. to what um yeah ones I like and ones that I don't stuff do you ever get like when you listen to stuff like that do you ever get like the I, the broad range sometimes you listen and you're like this really <laughs> <laughs> yeah like sometimes yeah you listen to one and you're just like man this is not hitting for me at all or it's yeah. like it'll be on some list or something and you'll be like oh, I don't even know but I, th- I think that that in itself is interesting. Just to, even if it's a waste of your forty minutes, <laughs> you'll stick it out and listen to the whole. Uh, not always, but I'll, I'll try. I'll try to. I would prefer to finish. I'd prefer to finish an hour than to give up on it, like a Netflix special or yeah. a comedy album. I'd prefer to finish it than to not. All right. But I've given up on plenty. <laughs> if you're doing a heap then yeah definitely yeah. do you ever feel like when you're listening to stuff like that and when it's not hitting okay this is, might be revealing a bit too much but you everything you're like everyone who likes this is wrong <laughs> uh i've tried to get uh to this is how old are you i'm 33 yeah i'm this is a this is a 30s thing for me trying to get to the point where I know like, that's a very 20s feeling of the, for me, like I used to think people are morons for liking whatever and I've tried to, or I've, I've moved to a point where I'm like, I underst- I can understand why everybody likes everything. <laughs> <laughs> I can under like you'll hear somebody get furious that people like the Big Bang Theory and I'm like, 
I understand why. I, I, I don't like that show. I don't think it's funny. But I understand why people like that show. Yeah, I think I can actually. I yeah, I think yeah. I guess actually, that's a, like I, I I I've always had that attitude. It's almost like I try to be like understanding why anyone likes anything because it's like yeah. super bold to have a new position. Um, but you know, like as in, I guess, like the Big Bang Theory is a certain type of comedy, which I actually I I get it. I, I'll be, I've watched some episodes and been like, oh yeah, it's, a, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I totally get it. But at the same time, like I'll I'll always be like. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I think like you wouldn't be like, that's good comedy. You'd <laughs> be like, I no. get why people like it. Yes. But you wouldn't be like, that's good comedy, I guess, no. is my no, thing. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's kind of what I mean. So I'm watching comedians. I'm like, I the best I can say is that I get why people might like this. Yeah. But I don't think this is necessarily good. I think with stand-up, you can, you can always go, oh, I see how they've done that. <laughs> I see how they've manipulated that audience and I'm laughing at that. <laughs> Do you get that a bit when you're watching? Uh, yeah, sometimes you can be like, "Fuck, that's they're laughing because of you know the speed at which they delivered that line." <laughs> you know, there was a whole lot of words combined, like said really quickly all together, and then there's a big laugh at the end because there always will be. In yeah, yeah, that's one of the. Yeah, yeah. that's one of. The and like, it's not that people aren't skilled because you know, even Nickelback can play their albums. I I wish I hadn't said Nickelback. I like Nickelback. Uh, <laughs> I wish I'd said a bad band, like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> How dare you? Red Hot Chili Peppers rule. No, Red Hot Chili Peppers are the worst band in the world. What are you talking about? They're awful. What do you mean? Did you go to Red Hot Chili Peppers phase and now you regret it? Or no. Did no. someone bully you who was playing Red Hot no, Chili Peppers I never went through time? a Red Hot Chili Peppers phase. Did someone make out with a girl that you wanted to hook up with who was from the Red Hot no, Chili Peppers? No, it's a bad band. <laughs> They're a good, what are you talking about? They were massive back in the day for a good yeah, reason. Yeah, being bad. That was so good. Californication, what an album. Uh, no, they they are just horny, and that's not enough. <laughs> what are you watching? That's not, that is exclusively horny. Oh, the yeah. Anthony Kiedis is a autobiography, one of the better autobiographies. Sky Tissue, yeah, yeah. You read it? No. <laughs> Why would I read that book? <laughs> Good point. No, it's valid. That's actually that's a, that makes a lot of sense based on what you said till now. Um, okay, fine. So you don't like red chili peppers? You can just fuck. Out. <laughs> I used to love red chili peppers. I bet. I believe that. Oh well, now I'm taking that as the insult it's intended to be. <laughs> you dog. All right. Well, fine. I had to write. This is for the weekly. I wrote up a, a list of. Uh, it was like joke, sort of one-liner things about traits that about white men. And one of them was having an unfinished copy of Scar Tissue by Anthony Cadiz. <laughs> so I really appreciate. I got t- extra tickled when you said that that was a good autobiography. <laughs> it's generally considered a good autobiography. I know, I know. Yeah, That's yeah. why I made it under that joke. <laughs> <laughs> You're way too happy about that. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, actually, no. I, I do want to actually ask one more uh, thing, possibly before we tie this off. Uh, because of the writing and stuff you do, and we're talking about the writing and the comedy mm-hmm. writing, and you you were loving it because of its satirization, or it's like it's actually reflection of uh, life, like as in the office. Yeah, it was real. It was yeah, real. so it actually wasn't probably as like because have you ever thought of how you describe your comedy? Uh, I I don't know. It's the hardest question, isn't it? That's well, why I really, ask you that. I really enjoyed you saying what you, you describing it before. I'm like, oh, cool, because I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like as in, because silly is the wrong word, because but it is like that. Yeah. Fun play on. That's why I met you. 
you know you're good as well. You got skills <laughs> down for that. I rate it. Well, so I guess what I was going to ask, this is my long, weird roundabout way of saying it, but like when it comes to the writing process, yes. do you sit there and try to think of a topic or do you like have a list of ideas you've chucked down in a phone and yeah. then you go back and then bounce off it? Yeah. Do you have a structure to it or do you just kind of do whenever? Uh, I Every day I will write one premise in my phone. As in you have to? I have to every day. So like as in- Even if it's terrible. Like I'll, I'll by write. the end of the day, you'll have to have written. I have to have written. Yeah, by the time that I'm asleep, I'll have to have written one premise. It doesn't have to be funny, yeah. but like one premise into my phone. Okay. And good day, you, you know, maybe there's four in there. You know, maybe right. four or five. Oh, so you're constantly adding to this list then? Yeah, yeah. And then you just sit there at the end of the week or two weeks and color it. Yeah, it'll be if I have a gig coming up that I can do new stuff. Oh, this is previously, I've now. I've started a new process, new world. You know, we're in a new world. Exactly. So I've started yep. a new process. My new process is to take, go through that list, find one of those premises, and then write it out and think of a bunch of funny things about it. So yeah. one a day. Um, and you're doing that every day. I'm now doing that every day. Okay. So which again can take, depending on how, uh, how much, how inspired I get from it, can take between ten minutes and I don't know forty or whatever. Um, so just take one one joke and then write that out. But previously, it would be I've got a gig coming up. Go through my my phone, find the premises, because you reread a premise, and either it's nothing at yeah. all, or it's like, oh, that's funny. And then you take that, and then I take that to the gig and try and flesh it out a little bit, and then I'd say it on stage. So you say you not do you don't do much writing until you fleshed it out, or you used to? Uh, I used to not, but now I'm I'm I think my process will be I'll write it out, and then I'll take it, and then but. I can't keep adding to it before I've set it on stage because yeah. it's just like it ends up being that's uh, a problem. You pointless. know, you, yeah. you can go down the wrong rap like path. Yeah. Like, okay. Right. And so I can figure out once I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, there's something there, or there's nothing there. <laughs> and then so once it's been said, the fir- even the first uh, first time, first time you can get I can get a good idea of it, and then give it a few. And either it has legs or it doesn't have legs. It's amazing how the stage just like you you, you don't know. <laughs> like you're getting up you and you're like, this know. could go either way. And then as soon as you say, and you don't even have to have anyone react. Yeah. It's just you stand on stage and saying, you're like, oh, no, this isn't good. Or you're like, oh, this is good. Like it's, it's yeah, such can, a weird. I, rec- I reckon there's sometimes it'll be the moment I'm about to say it, I'll know. Yeah. <laughs> on stage, like the moment I'm a- before I say it, I'll be like, I know this isn't good. <laughs> And then it is, and it won't, and it won't hit. Or I'll just not say it. I'll be like, I like as soon as you can go, you can write, you can write, you can write, you can write, and as soon as you then go prove it. You go, no, I know it's not good. Yeah, yeah. How weird is that? I know it's exactly the same thing. Even like you'll have a list of 50, like for me, 50 premises and I could sit there for weeks and trying to write it. But then as soon as like you got this gig coming up, then I'm like, all right, let's go through all these awesome pre- – oh, no, these are garbage, garbage, yep. garbage. All of a sudden, yep. it becomes so easy to delete as soon as the pressure's on. You're like, oh, no, now I have to actually say this in front of people. No, no, this yeah, is garbage. Yeah. This is not good at all. Yeah. I would – yeah, there's got to – I was trying to do a bit more of this but um, before everything. Um, but like trying to think of like something to say as I'm before I'm going on, like there and in the room on the night. Think of something funny now, because if you think of something funny, then you have to. If you say it on stage, you like you, you've got that pressure of like think of something really funny. Because if you get up there and say something not funny, man, because you can think of something not funny at home for hours <laughs> and convince yourself that you're spending your time correctly. Mm. But if you but once you've actually got the pressure on of like you've got to say something funny now, you've got to because if you don't say it now, then you'll 
then you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> then you're like, you've, you've got yourself in a position where you're like, it's now, do or die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're dying. You've just said something not funny and then you're, you've, you know, shot yourself in the foot a little bit for your set or whatever it is. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying, I'm trying to refine my process to be like one premise a day, one joke a day. Okay. That's, take, that's, take that's good. Stage, yeah. yeah. What, um, you, you only use computer? No. Pen? Pen. Yeah. Pen. Uh, your phone for the premise and then pen in a book. Oh, really? The, okay. For the jokes, yeah. Do you then transfer it to computer to finesse? No, never. Always on computer. Always on pen. Always on pen. I tried computer and computer, I end up just writing junk sentences. Because uh, on pen, I will talk to myself and talk it through. And as soon as I say something funny or something I think is like kind of funny, I have to then go to the effort of writing it out. But on computer, you can write junk sentences for hours. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't take any effort. That's a, I've noticed that as well. Even <laughs> as you're writing, it just makes you formulate it more as you're going. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, so exclusive. Because I, I switch between the two. I'm always like, I, I don't know, I'm always finding the flow, especially the initial stages, yeah, pen, but then I'm like, ah, oh, to tweak and stuff, I think like yeah. for me, I like on a computer a bit. Yeah, I've, I've tried the computer. I don't mind... For the shows, for the TV shows, I own exclusively computer. Oh, surely, Writing yeah. jokes there. But um, for my own stuff, I've tried computer. I don't mind it, but I end up – I just can create so much garbage. Yeah, no, it's so bad. <laughs> it's just it's like so much you can write crap. a page and be like, oh, there's one good line in that page. Whereas I, I feel like it's a better hit rate by the time it gets to the – with actual pen. Yeah, yeah. So when you're writing with a pen, you actually do try to write out the joke though. You're not just like kind of splattering around the page. Uh, yeah, I'll write out the full sentence of what the joke is. Oh, like. really? Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's probably. Maybe I should try that a bit more with the pen. What are you doing? With well, I just like I just do dot points still. I'm just like trying to. Oh, okay. I'm kind of trying to do extreme free flowing, I guess, but with the pen. But I think that's actually maybe a better way trying to actually I, write out the whole thing. I will talk to myself or pretend I'm talking about it on stage, whatever the topic is, and then once I. Lock onto a sentence that I think is funny enough. I'll write it down. Oh, really? And yeah. talk out loud, or just in your head? Out loud. Out loud. Yeah. Okay. Did your girlfriend have to uh, with that? I mean, I can do it softly, <laughs> but I used to like. I sometimes will do it. I'll go to the park and I'll walk around and have headphones in and pretend like I'm on a call, but I'll just be talking to myself. Ah, that's a good. Yeah, no. I've done and then that we'll yeah. stop because then once you think of something funny, you're like. Write that down, you know, yeah. then you, because you, otherwise you're just talking and talking shit. It's the same as the it's, – it's probably producing as much garbage as writing it on the computer for me. Yeah, except it's not saved. Yeah, but then you, that one sentence is all you write down. Nice. Yeah. That's good. I, can't yeah. wait, I might give that a go in, in that structure of it. I'm always trying to find like a structure which works. I'm always jumping between it because like, I'll like one for a bit and then I'll switch to a different thing and I can – Yeah. That's not bad though one. I like it. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, look, we've kind of talked about the book a bit. <laughs> I've never read the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is the uh, point of the show. So uh, thanks for coming on. Do, I always ask everyone, do you feel like you've learned anything? Uh, I have actually. The book? This, was, this is interesting. Yeah, About me or about the book? No, about you and your connection to the book or whatever. Uh, or you in general? No, like, I, I think, yeah, genuinely the, the part about the why I liked the first half and didn't like the second half. Oh. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's been interesting. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> get to help you out once again. Does everyone you- say no? <laughs> you seem really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just easily surprised. I've got a really so, low sense of self-esteem. Just constantly impressed by, oh, well, I did something. Um, cool. All right, well, thank you very much for being on, Pete. Thank you so much. So much having me on. No worries. Cheers. Bye. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at Sans Pants Radio, then why not subscribe to SansPantsPlus.com? For as little as $5 a month, you could have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content. Once again, that's SansPantsPlus.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.